Welcome to The Burnout Show, a weekly conversation with special guests who generously share their burnout stories with us. We also chat with health and wellness experts on how to best navigate burnout when you're in the thick of it, as well as how to avoid it returning. And now here's your host, Jess Jones. Today's recording of The Burnout Show is happening in Byron Bay with the most beautiful human in the whole wide world and I'm so glad to be in her presence today. This is Odette Barry from Odette & Co. Oh, thanks so much for having me and thanks for coming up to Byron for a little visit. It's so, so lovely to be here and so nice to see you and be with you in person instead yes. of via Zoom. I know, it's been a while, a few months on Zoom this year. Yes, yeah, absolutely taxing and draining but has given us so much flexibility and accessibility to people in our community and our friends and families as well. So totally we've had it. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think Zoom's been, you know, such a core cool part of my business and being a regional business, mm. it's like been a necessary tool for such a long time. So seeing that like become a little bit more mainstream now has been interesting and it's been like I feel very lucky to have been set up for it. Mm. Awesome. Can you actually tell our audience today a little bit about yourself and your business? Yeah, sure. So my name's Odette. I'm a publicist and PR mentor, whatever that is. <laughs> but basically I teach small business owners how to do their own PR so that they can save thousands of dollars on PR fees and get their stories into mainstream media with ease and also celebrate some of the cool things that are happening in our community. So that's me these days. Mm. And knowing you and your story, I know you've been through quite a few iterations with your business and you're at a place now where you're able to have quite a bit of control over what you do and how you spend your time and who you spend it with. So can you share a little bit about how you got to this point and what sort of tools you use to manage that? Yeah, sure. Well, it definitely came via a few valleys of burnout. Mm. <laughs> I definitely wouldn't say that it's been all smooth sailing and I think that's why I'm so happy to hear that you're doing what you're doing and, and creating the Burnout Club and creating tools and resources for people like us because, yeah, for me, I guess like in its most current uh, standpoint, my business is very much it's really a party of one. Like, <laughs> you know, in the past I had an agency model and that was really, really tough. So basically I had an agency model with five different staff and, you know, as you grow a business, you also have to account for that and basically have bigger client retainers and like mm. the cost of the service becomes more expensive as you have overheads like an office and all of the things. And I'm someone who definitely has maths anxiety. You know, just thinking about numbers in my business is something that my brain just goes completely blank. I really find that a very stressful part of being in business. So, yeah, as my team grew, I probably wasn't pricing properly, mm -hmm. but also a lot of people within my team. I had five team members. One went through a breakup of a partner that they've been together for seven years. Mm -hmm. The other one's mum had just been diagnosed with breast cancer after her dad had just passed away from prostate cancer. Another one was going through IVF on her own and had had several miscarriages. And the other one had been getting these really bad migraines and thought that potentially she had a brain tumour. At that point in time, 
the heaviness in the business was really, really real. Um, it was a really, really difficult time as a business owner to make sure that I created space for people to show up as they were. I just think it's so unhealthy to be compartmentalizing and not like showing up with mm. all of that shit. And it's not the kind of stuff that you can park and not have on the table really. Yeah. But the fallout was that not an awful lot of work was getting done. We still had client needs. So a lot of that work fell onto me. I had some clients that were going through some financial distress and that like cacophony of being in a pressure cooker with all of that going on was, it just got too much. And I kind of got to that point of like worrying about my family's financial health, yeah, worrying about all my staff's like physical health, their mental health, their financial health as well, worrying about their future and then worrying about my clients' needs. Mm. And it kind of just combusted and I decided to close down the business as it was. I took some time away from the business during that. And I remember someone saying to me, it seems like you're going through burnout. And I was like, me? Burnout? <laughs> no, not at all. And um, at the time I was training to do a marathon. And so I was like pushing on all fronts. I was like financially strained, mentally strained, and then physically pushing really hard Yeah, and didn't really understand the gravity of that much pressure on myself. And I think I'd just become acclimatized to that level of stress and pressure but during that period of I don't know I've got a friend who describes it like going through the great valley of darkness in life and I love that it's a reference from a book I can't remember who the author is but I really do think we go through several valleys in our lifetime I think we get better at traversing the valleys each time and knowing yep, I'm going to have to draw on some tools, I'm going to have to learn some skills or I'm going to just hurt through Mm. this period. And for me, I just knew that I didn't want to spend time around my computer. I wasn't sure if I wanted to work in communications anymore. And I spent time working with my friends. I just volunteered in all their businesses. So I have a friend who has a ceramic studio and I packed her orders. I swept the studio. I glazed ceramic cups. Anything mm. that took up time that allowed me to check out mentally yep. and just use my hands. I helped a friend make dog food. I delivered dog food around Byron Bay to yeah. little doggos. Mm-hmm. Like, so I guess throughout that period, I learned that I needed to go inward rather than be of service like mentally, yeah. like I could physically show up for people. Sure. But, yeah, it was it was a really like interesting process of discovering my own strength I suppose and also realizing my resilience through Mm. that it was so hard it was really really a difficult time but we go through these patches but the beauty of that whole experience for me was that it shaped exactly how my business is today Mm. and for that I would walk through that fire again if it gave me this gift of understanding boundaries, understanding how to structure a business that actually works for me yeah, and finding how to do that. I don't think I would have found it without Without, being like, I'm dying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So you needed to go through that experience to learn a better way. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think anyone could have told me you can do it this way. I would have been like, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So what does your downtime look like now? 
well. I try and have Sexy Sunday, which is a day without phone, try and be completely in nature, deleting all social media apps off my phone, Mm -hmm. making sure that my email app is deleted as well. And I do that on Saturday night so that all of Sunday is clear. I go to the beach every morning as we did today. Um, I you know, really try and make sure that uh, movement is key because I know that the second that goes out the window, my mental health slips. Yeah, probably takes about 10 days before I actively realise that something's amiss. Yeah. And it's always movement leads to better eating, leads to yep. like more balance in all the things. So it starts with movement for me. Mm. Yeah, I completely agree. And I often find times where... I will realize I've had, you know, maybe three days in a row without doing a workout or going for a run, but, you know, in my mind, but I'm tired or I don't have the energy, I don't have the time today. But I always know that if you just make the time to do that thing, that will give you the energy, that will make you more productive, that will make you want to do more and be more active. So Yeah, totally. It's It'll definitely that push. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> always starts there. And the other things that I've, I've really become much more disciplined with this year in particular is um, meditation and breath work. So often I was saying this to my mother-in-law like, and she's like a real guru of meditation and mm. good, healthy living. But I was saying how like I was really, I reckon I probably had like nine months of monkey mind when I meditate and just being like creating to-do lists and like thinking about what's going to happen next and yeah, what did I say there? Should I have said that? And I've just, normally I can slip into meditation and I swear to God, nine months ago I said to her, I have such ease with my meditation and it's like I just totally jinxed myself. But she was like, just offer yourself some compassion in that moment. And another friend had said, you know, be curious with yourself, like rather than being like, make sure you're clearing your mind, breathe in, breathe out. Mm. Instead be like, hey, check it out. Like you're wandering again. How cute's that? Like, let's, like, what are we <laughs> here for? Yeah, yeah, and be nice to yourself. And immediately, that's really helped get myself back on track. But also, I'm doing like this O2 daily breath work, mm-hmm. which takes a couple of minutes, like two minutes. This daily breath work of like holding breath and rapid breathing, and that helps me really get into like my A game. Yeah, and is that the uh, start of the day sort of ritual for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the front end of the day is really stacked with breath work, meditation, chat with my husband, walk on the beach, Mm. and then work. (laughs) Yeah. And what do you do now? What's your first reaction when you start to feel overwhelmed? What is the first thing that you would go to? So my body has like mentally I don't have like a strong stress warning system. Mm-hmm. I have a physical stress warning system that yeah. we've spoken about on yeah. many occasions. That kicks in at like 4 o'clock in the morning <sighs> and it's always when I have gone to bed with something on my mind mm-hmm. and it's really the second that happens I know, okay, cool, there's something that I need to like get into check. Yeah. Normally I know. And normally it's compounding factors. I can deal with one layer of stress, mm. like a invoice is going to be late or a client's changed their mind on something or I don't feel like something's sitting right with my work. Yeah. That I can deal with like two. Once I get up to three, 
I just like my body will just immediately tell me like we need to do something. Mm. And generally that happens when I haven't been moving. So yeah. I haven't been eating properly. And then so it's like that yeah. cycle. Vicious cycle. Mm. Yeah. All right. So how do you now balance the demands of your busy lifestyle to best avoid going down that burnout track again? <laughs> Well, I guess it's like knowing that it's a pattern. So Mm. I remember early days and this even like I just feel like we follow patterns in everything, our relationships, our friendships, our family, our work, everything. And early on in my relationship, like as you know, I've been married for 13 years now, which seems crazy. (laughs) But early on in our relationship, we would like go through patches and it would be like really great and then it would drift and be a little bit rocky and then really great and it would just follow this cycle. And I didn't realise it was a cycle back then, like the first time be like, right, it's over. And then the second time it felt rocky, you were like, oh, okay, this is just like friction, this is life. Yeah. And that's one of the joys of getting older, right, is seeing your patterns, mm. understanding them, growing with them and being able to navigate them with a little more style and, like, less, like, reckless abandon. Yeah. But I would say now, like, just knowing those patterns and knowing they're not final, it's not the end. Like, I've definitely been through those patches of really mm. deep darkness that you know of Yeah, where it's felt really hard to dig out of them. And, you know, sometimes you do feel like it's beyond you. Mm. Like you feel like you don't have the tools available to you. But like probably one of the biggest things that I've learned over the years is not to keep it to yourself. Yeah, Like there's so much pride and ego in business in particular, Mm. that people think that you're a success when sometimes you're not, like Mm. you're feeling the heat of like all of these strains and early years in business can sometimes not be super profitable and that puts pressure on your relationships and, you know, you worry about whether you're making the right decision and like impacting your kids with the things that you do. Mm. So keeping it pretty real. I know I definitely went through a patch where, you know, even recently I was talking to some of my business pals and they had no idea at how difficult the year before last was for me financially and, like, when I made that shift in my business. Mm. And I was like, yeah, I wasn't <laughs> super proud at the time. But yeah. if I had have just said, I'm stuff's tricky, yeah. like there's a lot going on. But at the same time, you know, I'm just, I'm so proud of myself for, like, working through that. Mm. So, yeah. But, yeah, other times I just, you know, you've been such a rock-solid support for me in times that have been really, really hard. Yes, and you for me, and I was just thinking about that myself through some of the experiences I've had with burnout and breakdown and how it is so important to have at least one person in your life that you can absolutely love and trust and talk to and Mm. for them to listen without judgment and not necessarily provide a solution but to just listen and let you speak and let you vent and and breathe and cry or do all the things and you be need your to cheerleader do. yeah like not yeah. blindly yeah but those people that just truly raise you up and celebrate mm. you for the things that you are yeah I'm grateful to have you, <laughs> <I'm grateful> you. <laughs> just as much just to be able to call each other out too yeah you know um you notice something the cycles yeah mm. that's right so um and you know you've done so with me 
ever so gently to when you've noticed <laughs> slipping or, you know, so whatever you can give to that person that might reach out to you is so important. And just, I think for ourselves and to do so with others, just always lead with compassion. I think that's the totally. Thing. But also like, I think as a spiky defensive human myself, also knowing when people come to you with advice and with words of warning to perhaps like hear that with compassion as well, not just for yourself, but for that person to be like vulnerable in saying, you know what, mate, I'm a little bit worried about you. Mm. I feel like you're, you need rest. Cause I remember when that person said to me last year, early last year, I feel, you know, do you think maybe this is burnout? I basically like just wanted to cut her off. I just didn't want her in my life anymore because I was like, how dare you see me, Mm. you know? Yeah. Scary when someone can do that. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Amazing. Well, before we finish up today, what's one piece of advice you would give to someone who's listening who's going through burnout right now? I guess like the biggest thing would be carve out space for yourself and have really firm boundaries and be okay to let people and yourself down. Mm. I think often there would be times where, you know, I might be struggling or, you know, whatever, and I'll be like, oh, yeah, but I said that I would do this thing, either like a work commitment or like show up for a hike when I'm like exhausted and there's just there's just no shame in saying I am tired, mm. I need rest. Yeah. And like hearing that in yourself is like so tricky sometimes yeah. and you feel like you're being lame or you should be able to push through. But I think like there's one antidote to burnout and that's rest. Yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, like there's lots of things you can put in place to avoid it but once it happens Mm. rest is truly the only thing yeah that is going to get you back on your feet so the sooner you hear that and act on it yes the sooner you're going to be back on your feet so like honor it yeah it's win-win yeah yeah (laughs) amazing well thank you so much for your time and wisdom today i know that you definitely would have helped someone listening and you've helped me so much it really is (laughs) yeah it's been a pleasure to be here with you in person off oh. Zoom. <laughs> well, it's a pleasure to have you here and also ironically have you in the Arakwal nation of the Bundjalung people because like the local law of Byron Bay is that it's a place for healing and if you come here and stay in the area, you have to give back yeah. in a healing capacity mm. to others. So come here, Perfect. heal feel all the feels and and love it sick beautiful thank you thank you thanks for joining us if you're suffering from burnout or want some tips on how to avoid it join our facebook group the burnout club community if you've gotten something out of today's episode we'd love your review simply click the link in the show notes to share your thoughts until next time go gently